Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to I Don't Get It, your pop culture get off my lawn cast. Featuring the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons bravely staring down the prospect of their entertainment irrelevance as we look at something hot, new, much talked about in the present day and try to make some sense of it with our quickly putrefying mid 40s brains see i right before we got on the mic people uh bill was trying to compliment me by saying how i wrote this opening patter long ago but uh i improv something on the flyer you impressed i improv that your skills are non-pariah yeah right i am the uh, i'm an alum of both the upright citizens brigade theater and the end games improv theater in san francisco i Got completely ignored by both of those organizations. Uh, I Who am I? I am Noah Tarno, quiz master, founder of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. Uh, talk to you straight from San Francisco, California. Clear air the past week or so. Ah. Thank Jehovah yeah. uh, for now. Yeah. And uh, what about you, the person laughing along to my bullcrap? Who are you? Uh, my name is Bill Scurry. Beaming to you via laser, uh, straight from the shores of Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Uh, I am the founder and proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which at this moment is an unhygienic Korean day spa. All right. That's a good one. That's that's one of your best ones. Thank you. Um, you. Lashana Tova, everyone. Yeah. Happy New Year, Jews. On the the second day of uh, Rosh Hashanah, 5781. Remember... Jews live in the future. <laughs> Jews uh, in course, the future. It is it is eighty one, which means this year we're going to get the Jewish version of MTV. Uh, <laughs> or if you like, we're going to get three Jewish presidents in one year because the second one will be assassinated by Charles, the Jewish version of Charles Guiteau. Charles Guiteau, yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a history. History. Now I'm feeling punchy. Folks. Wow. The world's going down the tubes. You, you gotta you, give me this. Give me this, will you? Um. So. Uh, yeah, speaking of the new year, uh, unfortunately, we just discovered I, I had a, a nice treat yesterday, celebrate the holiday, my family and I and some friends came over in the backyard and we ordered a big box of treats from Katz's Delicatessen in New York City. They shipped out to California and um, Bill, there is, uh, Bill said the sad truth, Katz's will not ship to Amsterdam and there's no way to get pastrami. Is there no pastrami under any name? No, they the, they, the they have pastrami, but I mean, cured meats isn't really the core competence of this place. I have, I have gotten a pastrami sandwich or what they call a, right. bro- a brocha, a small sandwich. It's not, you know, like okay. what, what I want, maybe even more than pastrami, is I want the profane amount of pastrami that one would get with, yes. a, with a normal sandwich. And yeah. you can't do that here. Yeah. They don't do that sort of thing. Right, they just give you a few lame slices on a roll. They don't do the piled hot. No. You need to unhinge your mouth kind of thing. Right, like a freaking python or something. They don't do that. Yeah. You should have seen the spread. Three three loaves of rye, uh, pastrami, brisket, kugel. Uh, Carb paradise. Wow. Half sour pickles. Everything but the Dr. Browns, friends. Wow. Uh, anyway, we're getting off topic here. So every episode we look at something that's current, that's happening. And uh, this week, and it's I didn't tell you this. I didn't. I don't know if I told you directly, Bill, why I was inspired by this. But um, we're talking about something not so much a, a kids thing, although in a manner of speaking, it is. Uh, but definitely a topic, a, a pop culture entity that's a topic of discussion and controversy the last two weeks. Uh, a movie that just premiered in the U.S. via the Netflix internet film service. This movie is called Cuties. That's what it's technically called, by the way. 
technically called well the technically net, the it's Netflix, called Mignon. The net no the Netflix is, internet movie service. Yes, okay. The movie's technically called Mignon, yeah, right. which is its name in French, yeah. which roughly translates to cuties. Yes. Uh, it is a French film from twenty twenty. It premiered at Sundance in January. It was supposed to be released on April first, but COVID pushed things and Netflix bought all the non-French rights. It's a coming-of-age drama directed by, I am going to pronounce this completely wrong, Mei Muna Ducure. She is a relatively young woman uh, from, from France, but of uh, Senegalese descent. I believe her parents were immigrants from Senegal, so she is an African Muslim, I believe. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the film, this is her first feature film after she had some success with some short films and the film premiered at Sundance. It won many awards and it is the story of 11-year-old Ami who uh, is much like the director. Her parents are immigrants from Senegal or maybe she's an immigrant from Senegal and she lives in a poor neighborhood of Paris and she is experiencing the conflict between her somewhat traditional upbringing and the temptations of modern young girl western culture specifically via uh some girls she knows at school who are part of what's called a twerking clique they like to dance in the modern internet abetted styles and more to the point the sexually suggestive styles so these girls dance and there's the conflict between dancing with these girls and conflict within herself and then her family's traditional upbringing up a traditional lifestyle which is embodied by her father is expected to come back from Senegal with his second wife. He is polygamous. So how how, how does she thread that needle as only an 11-year-old girl? Uh, and uh, a movie came out a couple weeks ago on Netflix, and it stirred quite a bit of controversy. There have been accusations that the movie uh, celebrates and encourages pedophilia because the 11-year-old girls are sexualized. And they are sexualized. The director has admitted that, but... The film is making a point about the temptations of culture and how girls, our culture, our culture, Western culture, French culture, but our culture too, sexualizes girls uh, before they are ready in an improper manner. Now, none of this controversy was discussed uh, when it was at Sundance. Uh, it only really started in recent months, and the catalyst for this is believed to be the poster that Netflix originally had, which has since been changed which is a definitely sexually suggestive photo of the four girls in the little dancing club. Um, I mean, it looks like an ad for, you know, some reality show with 25-year-old sexy women in skimpy clothing thrusting parts of their body into the camera and looking at the camera suggestively. Uh, there's no two ways about it. This poster is expressing sex, and you look at the girls' faces. They're not teenagers who look like they're in their 20s. They look like 11, 12-year-old girls. So the movie was making a point, but unfortunately a lot of people didn't see it that way. And it was not just Americans, and it was not just conservative Americans, but it was mainly conservative Americans. So this went so far as several uh, Republican senators saying Netflix needs to be investigated. And of course, the lunatics from QAnon said this is you know proof the death threats against the director and CEO of Netflix. So it stirred a lot of controversy, and, and, and not just the crazies. I mean, there have been some reasonable voices who said this movie went too far, um, and I have my opinions on that. I watched it at first because my nephew Jack, who I've mainly been sheltering in place with, uh, was tasked with writing a review of this for his school newspaper. He's 16 years old. 
and we watched it and it was interesting afterwards we had a bit of debate uh he and his mother my sister debated this quite heavily my sister loved it jack really didn't like it and i was somewhere in the middle but it was interesting comparing their perspectives as a 16 year old boy and a 40 something year old woman who used to be an 11 year old girl and then me the 40 something year old man who not quite as doctrinaire in his opinions as the 16 year old boy my nephew is or the 16 year old boy i used to be so yeah, long way of going about explaining cuties. Uh, but Bill, what did you think of the movie, first of all? And what do you think of the controversy that is adhered to the movie? Yeah, I feel like we need to separate these into two different, um, you know, two different cabinets here as we discuss. Well, we've this. done that before on this show. Oh, you know, yeah, the, sure. I mean, it, the topic itself and then the, the story around the topic in our culture. I mean, and that's kind of why we're talking about this is because this is exactly in our purview uh, for, for that reason. In fact, you have something bicameral going on here. So the movie itself is great. I think that um, mm. Maimonia uh, Ducore did a great job. She is, like you said, French Senegalese. There's a heavy tradition of Senegalese filmmakers come from Dakar. And I think she's only the most recent. In fact, last year, one of the great films that came out of France that was a real international success was something called Atlantiques. And it was directed by a woman named um, uh, Mari Diop, who herself, she's the niece of a uh, seminal uh, Senegalese filmmaker named Jibril Diop Mambetti, who made a movie back in 1973 called Tuki Buki. Um, which film nerds know? I'm, I'm, I don't expect anyone else here to know, uh, to know about that. But um, and that was all. That was a French language movie out of Senegal. In case people don't know, French is the primary language of Senegal. It's the official language, and that was a French colony along the way. So there's there's a there's a big like Algeria and Morocco. There's kind of a big uh, back and forth with the European continent and those countries. So uh, hence explains the immigrants who were there. Explains the cultural interface, that sort of thing. So um, this movie reminded me a lot of the Senegalese French movies I've seen. And, you know, there's something very specific going on in Paris where those neighborhoods that you described, the sort of poor neighborhoods, they're called banlieues. Uh, they're outside of the city center. And this is where the people who haven't really assimilated or haven't yet assimilated tend to live. And unfortunately, it's like Saint-Denis, which is where a lot of the uh, terrorists that the French police had gone after uh, the bombings of the Bataclan and the Belgian airport uh, back, I guess it was six or seven years ago. That's where a lot of that um, fundamentalist Wahhabism was being stirred up, was in those those more or less Muslim neighborhoods f filled with a lot of uh, penury and a lot of privation, where they've gotten the cultural signifier from white French that they're not necessarily welcome. They could move there, but you're not going to integrate because Paris and the sort of French way of things is going to make you uh, think twice about doing that. Uh, it's definitely an outsider status. So all of that, I think, is swept up into this movie. And, and, and Decore did a great job of making something that had so many layers of messaging inside of it. You know, one of the things, Noah, that you, you talk about is that there's this... She she is a she is an African descended girl. She's as French as anybody because she grew up in Paris. It sounds like her her. I don't think she speaks Wolof, even though her parents do. It sounds like she's a French speaking mm -hmm. native, francophone native. Yeah. So she's really living in modernity, and her parents are living in the movie's dubbed. By the way, the dubbing was terrible. <laughs> it's dubbed. 
So, so um, no, I mean it's not what as opposed to subtitles. It's it's no, I I, I prefer subtitles, but what? Well, the what version I watched was subtitles on Netflix. So oh, I watched a dubbed one on Netflix. Oh no, no, I wouldn't. I, do that. I just went with whatever Jack turned on. So oh okay, no, the subtitle version is the way to go. So you actually you hear the wall off, yeah. you hear the French and all oh, those things. Oh dude, the little boy, her younger brother sounded like freaking. Uh, 40-year-old woman was doing his voice. Oh, that's oh. terrible. Yeah, you probably missed that. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, if you're going to watch this movie, go for the subs. Never go for the dubs. That's the way yeah, it works. go for the subtitles. Subs, dubs. Subs, dubs. So anyway, um, the the this girl is trying hard to assimilate. She's the one living in the modern world, whereas her parents are really living still in Dakar. Um, they are fundamentalist Muslims, uh, and and the the grandmother character, I think it's an auntie in particular. The auntie. She yeah. really looks like she's a human being hewn out of tobacco, uh, as old as <laughs> as old as can be imagined, with a lined face that is just yeah. a lot of age and a lot of wisdom, but also a lot of traditional values. And the joke is, she's thirty one years. She's old. only thirty one, right? Uh, like yeah. Hans Molman on The Simpsons. I'm thirty two. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that this this young girl, this 11-year-old girl is caught between so many different uh, uh, culture poles. And the girls in the group, this is the weird thing, is that, you know, it's not, they don't lead this, but the girls in the group are themselves of mixed race. They weren't just some, yeah. they weren't four yeah. white French girls. It's like two. No, there was a black girl who was part of the group at first making fun of Ambi. Yeah, there's another black girl, yeah. and I think she's from an, she's from another part. She's a different African emigre, the, the first generation of emig- African emigres from probably a different part of Africa. Could be Cote d'Ivoire or someplace like that. And then there's two girls who are look like they're either Franco-Algerian or Franco-Moroccan, too. Which, you know, there's a lot of Franco-Algerians, a lot of Franco-Moroccans who are yeah. in the same position. They're kind of second-class citizens there, the same way they treat Latinos in America. That's their underclass. So the thing is, you had this girl, She, she's trying to integrate with these other girls who themselves are also outsiders. So there's just, again, another another fascinating layer of sociology. There's so much great sociology bound into this movie. Between watching the mother, you know, and she hears her mother sobbing on the prospect of the fact that the husband is coming home with another more attractive right. wife from Dakar. Right. You know, and it's like the movie doesn't dwell on that. It just offers it to you and moves on because that's the way life is. It's like things don't work. They're not perfect. Things are fucked up. And that mom, this is not her story. She's not going to go through that arc to figure out. That's her own arc, and you're going to have to just figure out how that fits in here. But it causes a lot of tension. And, you know, as a plot thread, it does figure into the the, the speed and the rapidity with which uh, Ame goes into this whole dance life. She really is looking for something else that she's not finding at home. So uh, this movie has a lot to go for. You know, like, again, I'm a big fan of French film. I'm a big fan of modern French film. And I love the fact that there are so many films being made about dispossessed people or people who are, they don't fit the Nicolas Sarkozy look of the Frenchman. You know, this this to me is where a lot of the right. modern Parisian lifestyle comes from is the banlieues outside of the central arrondissement of, of Paris. So there's that. The other thing is that the movie is great. The controversy around it, I think, is complete bullshit because people can't decipher messages. And yes, like you said, it's not just all nutcases who are making noise about this. In some cases, you have people who purport to be pretty left of center or center of center are piping up about it. And I I really think this this is a failure of people's ability to one of two things, Noah. And I think the, the the first one is that they see something and they honestly can't read what a movie means anymore because this is this is decrying 
sexualizing young girls. It's it's going through the motion, but the camera, it's not a male gaze. It's the female gaze. And it, it, it is showing this as a poison, as a horror, as a devil in society. That is, There's no uncertain mm. terms. That's what this movie is doing. So either people can't read the intention of the movie, which is really a goddamn shame because it's a grown-up film, the way we used to make them. There's no Transformers. There's no Vin Diesel jumping a car from building to building. So people have yeah. no idea what the hell they're looking at. And the other problem, or the, big, the problem that might be bigger than that, is a lot of these fucking assholes never even watch the film. No, they're not arguing in good faith. They just piped up, and I went on IMDb, yeah. and I saw that the, the review of this movie is like 2.8 out of 10, and it's like, yeah, because yeah, it was review bombing. It was yeah. bombed by all these people who came there from Breitbart or some other QAnon site, these, these fucking protectors of the children, these pederast, obsessed suburbanite Christians in America, came there and are smearing this movie, and, and you know, it's like, this movie will not get a chance to thrive or succeed outside of the milieu of the controversy. And just like, don't get me wrong, people would not. That's not true. Well, I don't. This think controversy is going to blow over in a couple months. You'll be able to watch this on Netflix. Yeah, but the thing is, this this movie two years and then we'll this give a movie shit. would not have been watched anyway. I mean, it, it is a it is a kitchen sink drama about Paris, and I don't think that's Netflix's. Yeah. Uh, that's not their Stranger yeah. Things bailiwick. You know, that's not the the boys or whatever the fuck Netflix is putting out. This is one of those things they buy to fill because it comes from another culture. It's it's another bit of the algorithm. You know, Netflix doesn't care about the movies they put. They just want movies to you know it's stuff it's just chaff that's what they want so ironically this movie would not have been seen other than now by people who are watching it to hate watch right. it the gulf is going yeah. to be the fact that a lot of people won't watch it to like watch it well, and i think jack wouldn't have been assigned to watch this if it hadn't stirred up controversy it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been noticed yeah. by the editor of his high school newspaper and i yeah i almost but it I, was and and they already had jack reviewing movies so he's like okay i'll do this and i almost but i almost wish this movie had not been noticed rather than noticed for the wrong reasons that right. that's that's a peril anyway i think i think well, i've i've opened the door i'd like to hear what you have to say about it yeah well first of all look it, the problem i think is the poster i think if they hadn't made that post, and if you called it Mignonese, you know, if you kept the original or, French or, name, or so-called cutie, but started with the poster that they eventually went with, which just shows the four girls like it looks like they went shopping and they're running in the street, and you know they they're a little sexualized. I'm looking at this, you know, one of these girls is showing her midriff, a couple of them are, and one's wearing shorts, but no one would have noticed this. Um, I mean, I saw this poster, I thought it was some piece of crap that was like pushing you know i had no idea what the movie was about i i never would have guessed the nature of the movie from looking at this poster i think it was the poster i think netflix advertised it completely wrong and i don't think the post i think the poster undermines its message to be honest and that's it if they hadn't gone with this poster no fucking a people like tom cotton and josh hawley never would have noticed this Dumb movie fucking bastards. got Ted, got Ted on their bullshit so fucking assholes yeah Whatever. These people have no credibility and no, you know, whatever. You, you worship Donald Trump. You have no no like to stand up and talk about ethics and morality in any respect whatsoever. Uh, I thought the movie was all right. Um, I think it was very well made. I thought it was mostly well acted. Some of the child actors left a lot to be desired. I agree with you. I like seeing interesting movies about little you know, areas, I, I know much less about French film than you do, and probably much less about Paris than you do, although I've been to Paris a few times and it's fucking awesome. Uh, but these little corners of the world, or these corners, more to the point of 
a society that isn't that far from me. You know, I can understand Paris more than I could understand if this actually were in Dakar or something. So to see a corner of Paris that I never really seen or never really think about, to be honest, I find interesting. Uh, the juxtaposition of cultures, I always find, you know, how these the fire and ice kind of thing. Um, the girl who plays on me is quite good. She carries this film pretty well. Um, the movie's a bit of a bummer. Ami is not, it's not her fault, but she's not a very sympathetic character. She's really, I don't want to say she's an awful person, but man, she just goes from, from bad, not bad deed, but like just sad thing to sad thing. It's just really hard to like her. You feel bad for her, but you don't like her. And I don't know if that's a criticism of the movie so much as just a criticism of the circumstances. Um, I think the movie not fails, but I think the movie loses something in that the scene that has inspired the most controversy, the scene that that poster is taken from, is the climactic dance performance where the girls are out there in the, the outfits that make them look like Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders without the fringes. And the scene goes on and on and on. And they're shoving their asses in the camera, and they're shoving their crouches in the camera, and they're grabbing their boobs and they're pouting their lips and i am 45 years old i'm a heterosexual man but i felt my brain going to places that i knew it shouldn't go and yeah i get it that's the point it's supposed to make me feel uncomfortable but i think it it goes on too long it mashes that button too hard and it undermines it yeah, but you, your you, point but has you been get made the reverse angle. now you're just now you're now i feel like honestly You've made your point. Now you're just throwing red meat to pedophiles. You get the reverse. Whatever. Angle. I'm not upset you know? about it. I don't think it should be banned. I just think you undermine your point a little by going a little too far. Yeah, I, you get the reverse angle of the, of the crowd who are her. They are uh, thumbing it down. Yes. You know, like all these. these uh, you see some guys. You see a few guys who sure, are interested. Sure, because a couple of guys who are interested, yeah. but for the most part, everyone else in the crowd, that's the morality of the movie. The barometer yeah. is saying, this is not okay, this is not cool. And for what it's worth, I think we all understand, if you watch this movie, you will understand that these girls are yeah. pre-sexual in every single way. These girls are pretending. Uh, but they're not. They are, they're well, not. No, they, they, their bodies are pre-sexual, their minds are not, and I feel like that's the point the movie's making. See, I, I think the point is, the, the, I think the point that uh, is making is that these girls are imitating the sexuality without understanding the import of it. They, right. they are. They're my, they're my, okay, but they're, it depends what you mean by mind, but they have been dragged into it. Yeah. But they, they just, they don't, they, you know, they're talking about, you know, at one point they're having this conversation, these 11 year olds are having this conversation about a penis going inside of a person and coming out of the mouth as if it was like a cartoon character. Like their, their, yeah. their understanding of sex and anatomy was so farcical as if to say no these girls really don't understand what they're talking about i mean they no, they, they are don't. imitating they really kardashians don't. they are imitating uh without understanding what they're looking at because it's, they love the visual of it they know that it's they're putting on their 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 parents shoes they're putting on makeup they're putting on their stole they're walking around in front of a mirror but there's there's no understanding of what those things are as bad enough as it is i mean i think honestly i'm just splitting hairs here it doesn't really matter why one thing happens or another it's the idea that's the imitation that is also another poison it's also another toxic devil yeah. that takure is also presenting for the audience I mean, I, I'm, I'm splitting hairs here partly because this was the crux of the debate in my family. Mm -hmm. Jack really didn't like the movie. He thought the whole movie undermined itself. I mean, maybe it's just he doesn't have as sophisticated a... He's a smart guy, and he's very well-educated, and 
he thinks about the culture he consumes quite a bit. He's more of a reader than a movie watcher. But, um, you know, my sister saw it very much from the point of view of remembering what it was like being an 11-year-old girl and having those ideas thrust upon you. Yeah. And the cattiness of the girls, I think that really connected with her because yeah. she's told me, I mean, she is often, she used to tell me, I mean, now she had a daughter, but at first she had two boys and she's like, I wanted boys because girls are awful. You know, she had that <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. There's that great line from Seinfeld once that Elaine says, they're, tell, they're telling her about wedgies and stuff, the male characters, and she doesn't really relate. And they're like, girls don't do this. And she goes, no, we just tease someone until they develop an eating disorder. Noah, tell me, why do you think this is popular, if we can call this popular at the moment? It's a well-made movie. It's the kind of movie Sundance picks up on, so that's why that. And like you said, Netflix, you know, Netflix, is, especially now that it's become the staff of cultural life for so many people, Netflix wants to be the jack-of-all-trades. So they want your, you know, they want your cuties in addition to your... your Strangers things, Cobra Kai's, Strangers things, and things like that. You know, they want they want to cover all the bases, including the the French pointy headed films. Uh, the reason it stirred up the controversy is the poster. The poster gave a very wrong indication of what it is. I thought, I, honestly, when I first glanced the poster, just seeing it in headlines, I if I guessed, I would have said it's a documentary about young girls hypersexualization dancing competitions and i would have i wouldn't have again i wouldn't have said it should be canceled i wouldn't have said it should be castigated legally i would have said i want no part of this this is in poor taste this is disgusting so the poster gave a very wrong idea that's why then you have people like tom cotton and josh hawley speaking out against it because they they are morally and ethically bankrupt so the only way they can maintain any authority in their minds is by railing against what they see as easy targets. And of course, there's the this is clearly a left-wing thing because it's a black Muslim from France. Yeah. So it's an easy target. You can't, you can't get more left-wing we'll than that. That's for damn sure. Right. We'll piss all over the, the, the left or the real racists and pedophiles and destroyers of culture. Not us, where we, we say a great Christian is a man who cheated on all of his wives, you know? Um, yeah, it, it made it makes for an easy target for these people's bullshit. So, you know, whatever. I think this will blow over. I think the controversy will be forgotten about. I mean, Netflix has had a lot of cancellations. Two-thirds of those people will rejoin at some point. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it'll die down. People will move on to the next bullshit or the next non-bullshit as the world might be now. And eventually this movie will stay on Netflix. And, you know, it was never going to be a monster hit. But it'll be more of a hit than it otherwise would have because more, you know, again, I wouldn't have watched it. Jack wouldn't have watched it if it hadn't started that controversy. You know, the last movie he reviewed for his paper was The Kissing Booth 2, you know, <laughs> which, by the way, was awful. And Jack's Jack. Well, Jack did not like this movie. He's like, oh, it was way better than The Kissing Booth 2. Though. I mean, it's apples and oranges in some ways. That was a bad movie. Other than Joey King 
is a good actress. The Kissing Booth 2 is one of the worst movies. She is. She's, she's a good actress. Well, uh, you know, I don't think, I think it's a misnomer in this case because I don't think it's necessarily a matter of popularity. The reason why we're talking about it is because it has a level. Well, why are we talking Well, it has a level of infamy to it. I think infamy is the best yeah. term. So I. Infamous, not famous. It's, it's infamous. infamous. It's more than famous. Yeah. So I. More than famous. I do. I, you know, I, I saw the poster. I'm going to let you have that. I, that didn't do anything to me. I didn't. I thought it was fine. I understood the point of the message by looking at the poster. Um, I'm not sensitive to that at all. I understood it was ironic. I understood it was provocative. And fine. I've seen a lot. This isn't exactly what they call the new French extremity. You know, this isn't Francois Ozon. This is not, you know, this isn't Claire Denis, the kind of filmmakers who are, uh, you know, trying to push the boundaries of what you might understand. This, this is sociology. This is kitchen sink sociology. This is like... You know, right to the left of Ken Loach or some English filmmaker who who does this sort of thing on a different continent or in a different culture. Um, I'll say the only reason we're talking about this is because because the right wing went nuts because fucking Christian suburbanites lost their fucking minds and that you have this obsession right now, this fucking political distraction over pedophilia and pederasty. Which is, which is somehow being put up alongside communism as the premier issue plaguing America today. This threat that is, is every single person around you. As soon as you take your eye away from your kid, some you know Steve Buscemi-looking raider is going to take your kid and <laughs> toss them into the thresher of pedophilia. Uh, this, this, is, this is a rigged element of the Kulterkampf, if we can use another term here, Noah. It's, it's a designed furor that slots into the current mania yeah. of, of all this, you know, mysterious sex trafficking, the Pizzagate shit, which only Donald Trump is working hard to annihilate. So the fact that, you know, these people are heroes, they're American heroes that they're canceling Netflix and they're review bombing this thing instead of looking at the fact that their fucking grandmothers have all died of COVID because everyone's sitting on their ass. This is the perfect example of, of, of disgusting American behavior because, you know, this is what's important to, while everyone is sitting at home during a, a plague is that you can sit here and tell Netflix to get investigated by the Justice Department. So this isn't popular. It's infamous, and it's infamous for quite literally the worst reasons imaginable. We disagree here. I do think there's elements of the movie that are, I don't want to say in poor taste because, again, it's such a minor thing, but... I think that this they go they go too far, but whatever. We we don't need to argue about it. It's it's splitting hairs really on our level. And the last thing I want to do is say that people like the, the people who are really leading the argument against it have any sort of point whatsoever. They really don't. Because as you point out, they didn't see the fucking movie. They didn't see the movie. They didn't watch it. They didn't Ted Cruz did yeah. not watch this movie. Tulsi Gabbard did not watch this movie. Tom Cotton did not watch this movie. They didn't watch it. Say Maria. Mm-hmm. Bill, what would you have thought of this movie? Well, this leads us to an interesting point. Our next question is, what would you have thought of this movie if you, let's say you were a 16-year-old reviewing it for your high school paper? At what point, I know you always like movies, but at what point were you able to appreciate a French subtitled movie directed by a, a someone of senegalese islam descent uh so you know i don't know when did that when did that worm turn because i know it wasn't being encouraged by your parents as you were growing up no. to to watch you know artsy fartsy art house movies so what would you have thought of this when you were 16 what would you have thought of this when you were 26 what would you have thought of this when you were 36 well it's the irony is that when i was jack's age there's no way i would have gone anywhere near this this would have been completely uninterested in watching a movie like this right. i mean you know the barriers to, that's what i think right, the barriers to entry are 
for for a young person are pretty uh, substantial. It's a French movie. Great to, I didn't even know there was a dub version, but there was. There's a subtitle version, and it's like it's not that. You know, I, it's not that I have a problem reading subtitles. It's just that I think that if it's the kind of movie that I need to watch subtitles and read them for, it's probably not Star Wars or Transformers the movie. Therefore, my interest would have plummeted. Uh, but then also on top of this, this is really steeped in a lot of sociology, French, specifically French Parisian sociology. And, you know, the, the idea of what, what, the, what the immigrant's life is like in, in, in France when they're non-white. And I mean, it just would have looked like it was boring boilerplate stuff. This is not what I would have been interested in. probably until, yeah, like I said, maybe 26 is a better idea. Uh, when I started getting my sea legs under me for that kind of thing, when I was watching more, you know, I would even say experimental movies at that point, but things that were further out of my comfort zone. In my 30s, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well into it. But um, this wouldn't have been part of my diet when I was a kid, which is part of the reason why I think, you know, this movie would not have been, unless this 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 furor had popped off, I think this movie just would have been another thing in the non-English language uh, coffers of, of Netflix's holdings. This would have just been ignored at another data point. Another one of those little windows, the little freaking things you see when you're scrolling through Netflix's endless windows of right. stuff. This would have been that had this not really happened. A few people would have talked about it, but it would have been a curiosity, I think. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would have been right where Jack is if I had seen this when I was 16 is I think I would have appreciated the movie on certain levels but I would have gotten a bit on my high horse I I mean look politics was very different back then but I very much kind of prided myself on being while still left wing more center than more people sure uh like I remember I was very I don't want to say I was very pro death penalty but I had this stance I'm like look you break certain rules you have given you have completely signed away all rights. And I guess in some respect, I stand by that. Like, I wouldn't shed a tear if you guaranteed me the death penalty was only applied to, like, Jeffrey Dahmer and people like that. But nonetheless, I don't support the death penalty anymore. I think there's... I didn't see as much nuance in political and moral issues then as I see now. Um, so I think I would have been with Jack. I would have said this, this movie's in bad taste and it goes way too far. Uh, and and also, I, I didn't really say another thing you like is he just he thought on me just it was her own fault all these things, and of course my sister having been there having been an eleven year old girl saying like you don't understand the pressure she's under yeah, right yeah um you could yeah it's her fault you know well, as approximate cause well, that, but, like, but she responded to tensions and pressures from the outside right. yeah absolutely she had no you know she basically ignored by her family right you know certainly not given a lot of uh, not much emotional support and certainly i mean the whole thing with the auntie the auntie was teaching her to cook these complicated you know african meals and walk to the market with a with a basket of stuff on her head right. like this is completely irrelevant knowledge for an 11 year old girl in paris right um so she was what did you want from her she was ne completely neglected so her bad behavior which wasn't even that bad she wasn't robbing and stealing and committing violence well other than pushing the girl and into the river she did or she did steal a cell phone too to be honest. Oh, yeah. She stole a cell phone. Yeah. Okay. So fine. But she wasn't, you know, there's far worse. My point. Yeah. Um, yeah. She did some nasty stuff, but whatever. Like she had no chance. And he didn't see it. He, he couldn't be as sympathetic. And, I, and that rings true for me remembering who I was as a 16-year-old. You know, you're, you're less sympathetic as a kid because you don't, 
I feel like you're less sympathetic as a kid. I certainly was less sympathetic as a kid. I even remember talking about race going, well, like, don't blame me. I never had any slaves. And, you know, I realize now how unhelpful a thing that is to say. Yeah, but that's what you say when you are a kid, you know? Yeah, but that was my attitude. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, sure. You know, and it's not about that, right? Right. So I think I, I certainly wouldn't be calling for it to be shut down. Um, I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I would. Maybe I would say, oh, yeah, well, Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton and Ted Cruz are full of shit. But a broken clock is right twice a day. And the fact is this movie could encourage pedophiles. And we do need to stop pedophiles. So Netflix should probably take it down. I could see myself saying that. So I would, you know, I would be somewhere closer to those idiots' viewpoint, but not that close. No, Eterno, tell me about whether or not this is a sign of the apocalypse. The movie is in no way a sign of the apocalypse. The controversy might be. Because, you know, geez, don't even suggest we do an episode about QAnon. But, you know, QAnon is, might be a sign of the apocalypse, the, the, the straw man arguments. And it's a pretty devilish straw man argument. You know, it, it, it turns, you know, all of Donald Trump's sins are forgivable if he's, you know, how how can you not oppose pedophiles? Like the most universally agreed upon worst thing in the world, pedophiles. Yeah. And by making them the villain, you know, any other sin is forgivable. And any other crisis is ignorable. Mm-hmm. We can ignore uh, the climate crisis because it's more important that we deal with these these maniacs who rape children yeah you know yeah obviously the worst things in the world but do they even really exist um look society's been dealing with some form of that for a long time this goes back to the salem witch trials in our lifetime it goes back to the satanic panic in the 80s i mean just as much bullshit then obviously they didn't have social media to aid and abet their message and they didn't have the worst person in the country you know leading them um so it's uh yeah, the controversy might be a sign of the apocalypse because we're never going to look at anything real because we'll be too distracted dealing with, you know, the the pedophile next door who doesn't even exist. Yeah. And then never mind the fact that there are pedophiles and it is a problem. Those things are going to get ignored. You know, I don't know. Something I found fascinating. I read a book about this. The, the biggest case in the satanic panic of the 80s, the McMartin preschool trial, most expensive trial in California state history, this preschool that was accused of being a front for a satanic child abuse ring and the family, their lives were destroyed and they went to jail. They were never charged with anything. It's just awful. And there was no satanic ring. There was no abuse. But what there was, what it all got buried, is the woman who started, who made the first accusation was literally crazy. And she never had to answer for her sins because by the time it was all done, she committed suicide. But the conclusion when it was all said and done is that her son was being abused by his dad, by her ex-husband. So there was an abuser and the abuser got off scot-free because it all got turned to this other source. It was a fucking so smokescreen, exactly. Right. Actual villains are ignored because the straw man villain is focused on. Yeah. So yeah, you could say the actual villains here, you know, the the... 
the destruction of American society and the American environment are ignored because we're busy chasing after pedophiles, but we might ignore actual pedophiles too because they are out there. Not yeah. to the degree these maniacs think, but pedophiles exist, unfortunately, in this world. Yeah, just because you know, piece, pizzerias say, don't have basements, you know, that's the only reason. Right. I mean, y y you can say that, oh, the odds your kid's going to get snatched off the street are close to zero. That's true. But the fact is... That is cold comfort to the parents whose child is snatched off the street, which unfortunately is a real, thankfully rare, but a real thing. So this is some fucked up shit that pushes us down the rabbit hole even further. And God damn you, human race. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, you know, the movie, like you said, the movie itself is not a sign of the apocalypse. It is a pretty solid piece of sociology of French language film that people should see if they can hack it if they feel they can hack it uh if yeah. not then don't watch it yes the culture conf is we are in hell right now i mean we, it, the, the 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 tongues of flame are burning us there is a plague gripping the land and it is being ignored in this is being stoked the, the you know the people are getting angry at face masks and the people are getting angry at pedophilia is what's getting stoked and, 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 you know, as opposed to people worrying about things that are actually going to affect their family and the lives of, around, uh, uh, the lives of people around them. And, I mean, the intersection of Facebook and Twitter and Reddit and 4chan and who, wherever else the, the hate for these things germinates like the most bitter pot of coffee you can possibly imagine just sets all these things off in the worst way. And the fact that, that there's no... End in sight. It's going to be something stupider in two weeks, something much more easily disprovable or as equally disprovable as this. And it's going to keep going on and on because people are at a race for the bottom. They have a jet plane. The throttle is opened up all the way and they push the stick down. So the goddamn thing is barreling towards the mountain and people have no interest in pulling up. And it is so it's so disingenuous that we are distracting, that we are throwing out distractions and then rising to those distractions right now when so many other things are seriously fucked up. That is completely a sign of the apocalypse. We should not be talking about this movie right now. We should be talking about sourdough bread or some shit. Right? And it's like, and yet here we are. You know? I mean, it's it's grist for this show, but it's like, make no mistake, it's not the fucking movie. It's the rot inside of our culture. Je vous demande de faire un tonnerre d'applaudissements pour les mignons! Bill, in any way, are you jealous of this film or je jealous of the controversy surrounding the film? No, I'm not jealous of the controversy. Yeah, this this film was made with a lot of delicacy uh, that, that uh, Mike Munia de uh, Corre told the story. And, I mean, th there's no way I can get up inside something so specific just because all the points of reference she has at her disposal. It's not just that she has talented, a talent, rather, as a filmmaker at her disposal. She's got this story to tell that I know that she knows the details granularly from the inside out. And that's really impressive. It's probably hard-lived, and I wouldn't want that hard life. It's much easier being the cream puff that I am in my life. But the fact is, if she's gone through these fires, she has the grist for a narrative that is like this, that's great. But this movie is very well done. And having this type of keen sociological eye, this humanitarian, humanist lens is beautiful and these are the kind of movies that i do watch and i love them and i think the french have done these things really well for going on 60 70 years now this is kind of the brand coming out of paris in particular so this is a filmmaking of a type i would have loved to have attempted when i was uh, of a mind to be a filmmaker so i'm i'm jealous of the craft i'm jealous of the movie that came out of it 
Um, who knows what Decore's next movie will be if this was the sort of big shot she had because there was something so personal about it. You know, this was based on her upbringing and her culture. Again, being in the right place at the right time in, in Paris when she, I think she's 35. So this, this story for her would have been sometime in the 90s. Nonetheless, um, yeah, I don't have anything like it to, to, to call back to. So yeah, I mean, I am jealous. It's, it's, I think it's a big deal. I think it's worth being jealous of. Yeah, I'm not jealous. I never, any serious extent, wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, certainly not jealous of the death threats and being attacked by these morons, you know. It's bad enough to see them attack other people, attacking me. I mean, you said you called, we, we talked about this before. It's it's hard times, and I sometimes wonder if I'm strong enough to make, to handle them. And I can only imagine if I were in the direct line of sight of these maniacs as opposed to just taking off their shrapnel from my very privileged position. I don't know how I deal with that. So I'm not jealous of the blowback she's getting. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't really feel how I'm jealous here. Good. How should I be jealous? No, I, I can't imagine. You know, you don't need to look for more uh, something else to eat stomach lining with. I think I would just let this one go and you should be okay. Okay. <laughs> My stomach lining is being eaten enough. Yes. So let's uh, let's rate this in our final segment on the Felonia scale. Where would you put this movie on the XYZ right. axis of stuff on this podcast program? I think we have to rename the Felonia scale because Jimmy Fallon is actually, whether we like it or not, he's got a forum. He's got a pulpit, and he's saying he's he's not shying away from saying some things that matter, and saying the right things. There are so many villains in our society, and Jimmy Fallon is, you know, he's not even close to in that bottom tier. On the other hand, rightly or wrongly, I still find his face to be quite punchable. Yeah, that's so. that's a good enough reason to call it that. Keep keep the name. <laughs> Yeah, all right, so why not? We'll keep it for now. Sorry, Jimmy Fallon, you're not that bad, but we're still going to do like he gives a shit. <laughs> he's not listening, um, it's okay. Yeah, he's not listening. Uh, what was I talking about the other day? Oh, the people who want to remake Star Wars The Last Jedi. And they're like, well, once Disney sees how serious we are, they'll pay attention yeah. and give us what we want. Gonna work, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, again, the movie is fine. You know, top quarter. I don't care that much, but I care more than a lot of other things we've looked at. Uh, you know, more than verses or stuff like that. I just don't care about. Uh, but it's 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 scraping the bottom. What was the thing we looked at that I said is the worst thing ever? Just recently, uh, I can't keep track. Of I always it. think it's I always think it's um, Ryan's World, but I don't know. Was it something? Yeah, but more? no. But there was something we looked at recently that I said Ryan's World might suck, but there's something else that's probably going to kill us all. Something that's going to kill us all. Well, that's that's interesting. I don't remember what we look at anymore. It's just time. It's being in quarantine for six months. Yeah, it all time it, has no meaning anymore. Well, it wasn't sourdough bread. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's near the bottom. It could, it could have been. It could have been reface. I mean, that might have been the thing. You know? No, it was reface. Yeah, it was reface. Okay. Um, we didn't. Yeah. Did we actually talk about Reface or we were going to talk about Reface? It was episode 143 on uh, uh, August, just, August 29th. This is how much I've lost track. That's fine. It's a lot of stuff here. We were going to talk about Reface and we talked about WAP instead. And then we got it back around to Reface. Yeah, this is pretty low. The controversy is pretty low. The thing itself is high. The controversy is low. So I, 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 I'm not in a headspace to go into any more detail than that right at this moment. Mm -hmm. Even though we didn't talk about eighth grade per se as part of the Bo Burnham conversation, I rank this with something like eighth grade mm -hmm. in terms of it being a sensitive portrayal 
of a very specific age. And in a new way, all the stresses that a kid of that age has to deal with that we didn't. I mean, Eighth Grade was a movie that was written and directed by a male director about the life of a girl. So there was even some crossover, a track jump that he, he pulled off somehow. Uh, you know, this, you know, Mamounia Decore is, is a female director, a female writer, uh, telling the story about her own gender uh, in a way that she understands too. So again, there's something very specific. There's something very appropriate about it. And it's new stresses. I think not that, again, your sister would say, no, 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 sexualizing young girls is as old as the hills. And yes, that's true. But the ways and the insidious ways in which it can happen is that she didn't have Instagram. She didn't have likes and hearts and followers yeah. to contend with. When she was a kid, she just had it the old-fashioned way. It was physical media is how she had to deal with being sexualized and being tormented. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I give this a high rating. This is definitely towards the top, definitely in the top third of everything and even in the top of the top third. So, like I said, we didn't talk about eighth grade, but it's I think it's as uh, as as seminal a piece of art as as that was, even though eighth grade was veered between comedy and drama. This is really straight up drama, you know, uh, uh, in some ways, ghastly, but really pertinent, and worthy of watching. That's it. Hey, we did it. We got it. On to the next bullshit. On to the next one. Whatever it is, let's do it. Okay, everybody, if you'd like to find past episodes of our episodes of our show, look on Antipodes. Look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. I do this every week. I don't know where the L's coming from. Every week. Every week. SoundCloud. Google Play and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us. Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. Please give us a review if you are so kind as to do so uh, on Apple Podcasts. So I'm on Twitter, at William Scurry. I'm on YouTube, youtube.com slash Caesar, And my friend Noah will reveal something about his uh, soul right now. Go to bigquizthing.com to learn about The Big Quiz Thing, my company, the uh, finest source of private and corporate trivia events nationwide. Virtual, 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 coming to a busy fall, but there is time for you. Bigquisting.com. Uh, hopefully we'll get back to the in-person events at some point. I miss it. Uh, but virtual events aren't going anywhere, you know? I mean, the pandemic could be completely solved tomorrow. And, uh, <laughs> yes, it's true. We'd still be doing this, and it's fine. You know, I've, it's been a, you know, there, there are, at least for me, there have been some some glimmers of, of silver lining in this year and part of it is discovering virtual events really uh made my business different in some positive ways not, not all negative so learn all about it bigquizthing.com check us out uh check out our brand new demo video hosted by me and edited by the fine mr scurry thank you bill i'm not as visible as you are since it's your uh, your shane Punam is in the whole damn thing yes my my beautiful Punam. Yeah. happy new year everyone. Happy New Year, everybody. So, uh, yeah, watch the movie, I guess. Be part of it. Cancel Netflix. Do whatever it is you want to do, everybody. But um, we'd, either way, we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.